Welcome to the Restoration Church podcast, Behind the Sermon, where we get to sit in on a conversation between our pastors and hear about what they're learning, what they're teaching, and what God is doing throughout our church. Enjoy the podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Behind the Sermon podcast. We apologize that this didn't get to you on Wednesday morning, but there's kind of been a few things going on, such as alien invasion. No, actually, that's not what it was. Um, it was practically the same thing, though. Yeah, it was uh, precipitation in the form of snow. And the Dover building lost power and internet. And then people's cars were trapped behind <laughs> fallen trees. And we just weren't able to get to it till today. But we've made it. We're here. And what's our goal for people to be able to listen to this? Is it a same day? Put out? Is it coming out on Thursday? We'll have it come out today. Yeah. Oh, so anyway, it's the same day. We're recording today, Wednesday. It's a actually. few hour delays. That's impressive. Yeah. We're actually live right now on <laughs> right Facebook. Now, right now. That would be really impressive. <laughs> we probably could do that, but that... Ooh, that's a lot of work. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. We, we, on the storm on Monday, it was... I think, like, this is the first real storm. Oh, absolutely. Like, we've had snow and stuff, but this one was, like, he just kept going and going and going and my, going. I have a picture of my car. I'll pull it up. But the door was covered up to the handle with snow, and you couldn't you couldn't get in. I had to use my full body to get it out. Was it windy for y'all down here? No. I mean, yeah, I it wasn't windy so. for us either. Oh, my goodness. They, uh, that's a nice storm. The, the... We didn't lose power on Monday. We lost it on Tuesday after the yeah, storm that, was over. That's the strangest part of that. Um, but yeah, we didn't have a lot of trees now. But Jeremy's neighborhood looked like Bastogne. <laughs> uh, and how is it up north? You live north of here. Yeah, where we were. I mean, we probably still got a foot and a half. Um, first part was real heavy, but we didn't have like. You know, I was telling you on Sunday, the, the snow that you guys had on your, your trees was non-existent for us. Like, the snow didn't stick on our trees like it did here. And so I remember driving here on Sunday and being like, man, this storm that's coming in, like, you're going to see trees go down, power's going to go out. And I predicted it right just a day off somehow. I don't know how, still don't know how you guys lost power after a storm, but congratulations. And potentially they shut it down because they were... Fixing, working on something. Yeah. Fixing something. I heard some Transformers blew after the fact, too, for some people. Yeah. That was a big a Dover thing. U-turn, a Dover Restoration Youth had to be canceled. But before we go any further, I'm joined here today by <laughs> Travis Nicholson and <laughs> Charlotte Hickey. And we are your podcast crew for today. So I didn't know. I thought, Charlotte, you were going to opt out of this. All of a sudden, you set up a microphone for yourself. I guess you're liking it. No, <laughs> I like to be behind the scenes, but you know, we had to reschedule, so I get to I sit mean, what, in for another what we're conversation. We're witnessing is contrary to what you just said. Yeah, I mean, you'd like you're... to be behind the scenes, you're behind a mic. Ooh. But she did set up that curtain, so we can't see her. <laughs> <laughs> and then Travis just happened to be in Dover today, so yeah. I was like, hey, you're, yeah, you're here. Yeah. I haven't talked to you in a while. Why don't we talk on a on a podcast? That's exactly what happened. Except we have talked. You were at my house Sunday. Sunday, yes. And then we went to the same meeting. Yep. And then, and talked. then we talked on the car ride <laughs> home about that meeting yep. on the telephone. So, yeah. Well, glad you guys are here. Pastor Stephen preached on Sunday. Yeah, it was good. And we, 
I would say we finished up a series, but we didn't. We just begun, but we did three weeks on prayer, mm. fasting and prayer, the Lord's Prayer, and then the Gethsemane Prayer, which was like praying in moments of suffering. Yeah. And so Stephen talked and prayed through that. And I was I got to be in Milton. How was that? So How was, was it in Milton? It's fun being with the whole family. Um, you know, Michelle, Michelle and her team there, the which insider language is the core four, yeah. mm-hmm. which is the, you know, the main, the, um, uh, I mean, the, the, the leaders of each department at that yeah. location. Yeah. So the core four main departments, um, and then, and then the, all the other leadership and volunteers there, they're just great, doing a great job. Um, we were punching some numbers. So the Milton location attendance, is 68% higher than it was when she took it over. Oh, that's, that's, awesome. that's awesome. So, that's so good. <laughs> that's pretty great. So they're having a lot of momentum, a lot yeah. of guests, yeah. people coming back. Two water baptisms on Sunday. Awesome. Um, adult father and son. So that's good. Is that across all locations or just Milton? Just, that's just, just Milton. Milton location. Milton. Across all locations was seven, nine, I- ten baptisms. 12, 11 baptisms? I think One 11. One of those numbers, yes. <laughs> I think 11. I think Plymouth had seven. Oh, they had seven. I think so. Okay, we had two, so. And then another two. Yeah, so that'd so be 11. 11. That's awesome. Yeah, wow. that's, a good, that's a good start of the year. And in just a few, what, weeks, months, you'll add Bethlehem to that? Yeah, Bethlehem opens on Easter. Yep. And, yeah, it's just... It, it is going to be a year. It's, it's going to be, be crazy. A good. This is the third week in Dover. Year. We've had to add rows of chairs. Yeah. I've heard from multiple people multiple times, you know, you can either say it's prophetic or, you know, it's just the way people are talking. But people truly believe, and, and, and I do too, that 2023 is going to be one of the greatest years, uh, at least in, in my mind, for the gospel of Christ. Um, I think we're poised as a region, we're poised as a church uh, to really go after it. And I think uh, I think we're going to see a harvest come in. Yeah, I agree. I agree, which is what we're talking about at Team Night tonight. <laughs> uh, not necessarily that. Um, and, and even talking about it on Sunday. So it's Vision Sunday this week. We're oh, talking awesome. about, you know, vision like Jesus yeah. and bringing that through. But tonight at team night, we're talking about um, increased capacity. That's cool. So if there's going to be a huge harvest, mm-hmm. then you need to make sure your silos are ready and your, you you know, you bet maybe it's time to buy a combine. Yeah. Maybe yeah. And you're getting ready for that. So, um, yeah, we'll receive that word for the global church and make sure. We're one of God's storage containers. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Going to be so good. Uh, Yeah. Well, I mean, lots of things going on. We've got this, Vision Sunday, Next Gen Takeovers coming up in a couple weeks. That's exciting. Um, Lots of big things happening. I I think those are like probably two back-to-back Sundays. Is it back-to-back Sundays? Yeah, back-to-back. Back-to-back. I mean, and I'm not just saying this, but Vision Sunday— uh, when when I was here was always my favorite Sunday, and when I watched online was always something I look forward to. In fact, my wife and I uh, just today we were debating. We we're like, "Hey, 
you know, because we're flying out Monday morning. We're like, should we just come here to church on Sunday morning? And it's like, well, maybe, maybe not. Who knows? And just hearing it's Vision Sunday, we're de- like, there's no doubt in my mind we're going to be here. Cool. Vision Sunday That'll is one of the best Sundays. And then next gen, you know, just the the emphasis that this church puts on the next gen. Um, it like, I don't think it's a coincidence you guys are doing it right after Vision Sunday because I think next gen is is right in line with where you guys. Last year we did them on the same Sunday and it was too much. Oh goodness! Yeah. So, but <laughs> it, it was also was last last year was the anniversary. No, year? so no, we did it two years, years in a row yeah. where we did Vision Sunday. <laughs> yeah. On the same Sunday, the first time we did it was the seventy fifth, which was the anniversary Vision Sunday and Kids Takeover, mm. which was crazy. It was fun, and then. Last year was the two still combined. Yeah, so we're separating out this year. One, because uh, I'm not preaching on Next Gen Takeover. We've got four students who are preaching. That's so they're so awesome. working on a sermon together. That's I cool. say four, but I'm pretty sure it's four. We'll see if any <laughs> of all four of them stay committed. <laughs> uh, but they've been working on that. That's maybe awesome. three, maybe two, but definitely yeah. four. Four, definitely four have handed me the first part of their homework. That's awesome. Or the first part of their sermon. That's cool. Not all of them handed me the second part yet. Yeah. And uh, we're supposed to have rehearsal on Sunday, like rehearsal, like right. preach it, let me coach you, teach yeah. you, mentor you. That's super exciting. Practice. And we're pretty, pretty, I mean, I'm very excited about that. Very excited about that. And we'll record it maybe one day. At a hundredth anniversary, we'll play they'll it all back. be. Imagine they're all on staff, <laughs> or they're all ministers, or one of them's the lead pastor. Yeah, so that's be awesome. very, very exciting. Yeah. Um. So let's talk about like this uh, past Sunday. Uh, I know you haven't watched all of it, Travis. No, but I, you know, I've I've seen it uh, bits and pieces, and you know, just followed it via the social. Yeah. Um, but from where you were watching, you talked with Pastor Stephen before he preached it. Did it come out like you expected or was it pretty on par? Yeah, I think, um, so the idea was, so the gift 70 prayer, praying through like suffering in difficult times. And I, yeah, I love what Pastor Stephen talked through as he, he took that, passage of scripture and then work through it using the prayer acronym to yeah. help talk mm-hmm. through it and teach it. And yeah, there's parts of it that were like really, really profound and, you know, I think helps yeah. all of us. Because I think, right, we, we get difficult times. What do we want to do? We want to disengage or give up. Oh, absolutely. 100%. It's easier to do that. Yeah. Instead of, I mean, in scripture, there's a bunch of places in scripture that talk through, don't give up. Right. The, uh, is the parable of the persistent widow. Mm-hmm. Is that the right one? The right title? I think but she so. just kept asking the judge over and over and over again until he finally did something. Yeah. And pray without ceasing. Mm-hmm. That, that was the first thing that popped in my head. Yeah. Pray without ceasing. So, want to talk through these one by one. So, the first thing is persistent, right? Prayer, yeah, and praying through suffering is being persistent. In that, Jesus 
telling the disciples, hey, don't fall asleep on me. <laughs> Pray through this with me. And then falling asleep multiple times. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> um, pray, pray right that you would not give in to temptation. Didn't he say that in that prayer? We, which is yeah. also yes. the prayer yeah. he told us to pray in the in Lord's, Lord's prayer. prayer. Right. Lord, lead me not into temptation. I think that's a big part of that. Oh, absolutely. One thing that I talked about with Stephen beforehand is if the disciples had been praying instead of sleeping, maybe more than one of them would have been at the cross that day mm. yeah. supporting Jesus. Mm-hmm. Maybe if Peter had been praying instead of sleeping, he wouldn't have denied the Lord three times. And I know it was prophesied, and so right. yeah. it's not really... Not much that can happen otherwise. Right. But I, I think he did have a will there. It's still a warning. Like, yeah, hey, absolutely. I just... Yeah. Well, I think it shows a direct result, right? right. Like, they, they obviously didn't keep praying and they didn't continuing that. And then you see the result of what happens when that doesn't. Like, yeah. they weren't there to witness. They weren't there to, to be a part of it and be a support. They were just... Hiding. Gone. Fearing for their lives. Almost like you said, disengaged. Yeah. It got hard. Yeah. And they... They left. Let's back out. Off. And we right, we do that. It gets yeah. hard at church. It gets hard in our life. We, we I, I think it's easy for us, fail. you know, as, you know, 21st century Christians to, to look at the Bible and go, man, I can't believe those guys did that. I yeah. would never do that. But then we find ourselves doing that in our workplaces and in our schools and, you know, like the 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 idea of sleeping when Jesus Christ himself is praying just a few feet away from you is absurd to us, but we do it, you know, because he he's he is with us. But we find ourselves sleeping. I, at least I do. I can't obviously talk for you two, but I find myself sleeping through, you know, my walk with God at times. And I feel like God, you know, Jesus Christ himself comes up and he's like, quit sleeping. Yeah. Wake up, you know? Yeah. I think it's easy to, to drop the ball in those circumstances too because, I mean, you you read it, you see it, you see the results. Like you watch other people do it in their walks of faith and you're like, oh, I'll never do that. And then as soon as you catch yourself on the other side of it, it's like, oh, I ended up there mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I wasn't diligent. I wasn't doing all that I could have done. So, yeah. The next thing he talked through was resilience um no resistance and this is this is to temptation right i i don't know i don't know i've probably not prayed that enough in both parts god lead me not into temptation or pray that you won't fall into temptation. Like, I probably not prayed that enough. I don't know why. I don't know how I've missed that all these years. Yeah, I mean, I I think for at least my walk, there's moments where I think kind of what Charlotte was saying, there's no way I'd end up in temptation. So why pray for it? You know, like... Not that you really think that, but subconsciously you do. Yeah. Where you're like, man, my walk with God is so strong. I'm I'm good to go, you know, for yeah. the, for years to come. Um, but it's you know, I I just gave a message not too long ago to some teenagers, and and the idea being, look, the the longer you look at temptation, the closer you get to it. 
Uh, and if you're not if you're not praying for that resistance and you're not praying, hey, don't lead me into it, the, the clo- even faster you'll get to it. Right. Yeah. We, it's a common thing to say, what can I get away with? What am I allowed to do? Yes. Instead of saying, how do I stay close to you? Yeah. It's almost like, how, how close can I get to this line that we've drawn in the sand? How close can I get to it without stepping over it? And before long, we've, we've just brushed that entire line away. Mm-hmm. And then we draw a new line. And it, meanwhile, it should be like, how far away can I get from that line? Mm. I think that's something often missed. Like you think different people are tempted differently and, and whatever. So people are like, well, I'm really tempted by this. So I'm going to step away only from this, but then they don't put up the safeguards for everything else. Mm -hmm. So while they're so busy being distracted by this one temptation, they know they have, they end up falling into another one that takes that place. And I've seen that one before. Um, and it doesn't, it doesn't end well. Right, yeah, you well, you replace one addiction with another. I think yeah. that's pretty common. Um, I give up cigarettes and I take up eating or shopping. Or, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of a joke thing to be addicted to. <laughs> Kino. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a, that's a prayer. Yeah. I think as a church and everybody listening, let's pray more often. Yeah. Lead us not into temptation, Lord. Deliver us from the evil one. I wonder what our walks would look like if we prayed that more often. Maybe we wouldn't find ourselves, you know, sleeping or crossing the line or, you know, because it would never come up. God's word is true. If we ask for it, you know, we believe that he'll give it to us the next thing in the prayer acronym was ask and that was in verse number 42 where jesus said father if you're willing take this cup from me yet not my will but yours be done let's just stop in that first part jesus father if you're willing take this cup from me can we think about that request for a little bit and we talked about the beginning of this or in the last series a theology of bad gift giving, mm-hmm. and we're afraid to ask God for something because we think he'll, we're worried. Be careful what you pray for. God might answer it. Well, Jesus just prayed, you know, is there a way that I don't have to die on the cross? Right. Is there another yeah. way that this could be done? Could you not use me as the as the Lamb of God? Can you, and that's a, right, that's a bit of a, scary question to think Jesus was even thinking that. Yeah. I don't want to do this, God. Mm-hmm. Had he, you know, God could have said, no, it's the only way. And maybe at that point, Jesus could have fallen and say, well, right. yeah, well, I'm done. Right. I'm and out. what would have happened, right, if he, if he had done that? Well, we would, it would, that's it, right? There's no, there's no, no hope. I don't, as far as I know, there's no, there, I'm not sure that the Holy Spirit could have become incarnate. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, that's a hard one. I mean, you're looking at the, the candidness of the situation. Like this, I think, is the ultimate culmination between the humanity of God yes. and like the, the God uh, in Jesus. So, it, I mean, yeah, that speaks for itself. So in suffering, it's okay to ask 
for some difficult things in that suffering. God, couldn't you just make this end? I mean, right. if it's your will, could it just yeah. end right now and everything be better? Could it be easier? But yet not my will, but your will be done. And I'm going to keep following you. But, I'm, but it's okay to ask. God, I, I, would, I would just like for all of these problems to go away, for this manager to go away, mm -hmm. for this complication to go away, for this sickness to go away. I just like it all to be done right now because I don't want to do this. I don't want to walk through this. Right. Yet, though, Lord, I'll follow you. Have so, you ever found yourself praying for that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think for me, like, I wake up with a, like a hangnail. I'm like, God, please, you know, let, let the suffering pass. You know, like I have a very, very low tolerance for suffering. So, but you know, as as we've shared in in the past, like my wife and I have been walking through a time of where it's just not necessarily suffering, but not getting what you're asking for. But what our prayers end with every time is that, not my will, but your will be done. You know, whatever happens, it's your will, God. Even if it makes zero sense, even if I'm still suffering, yeah, it's still your will. And I will praise you no matter what. The one, like, theological wrestle I have with is I think there's a lot of things that happen on earth that are not God's will. Mm -hmm. So not everything that happens to us is God's will. Right. And so this might connect to his next point, yield. Is yielding to God's will for my life and knowing that the situation may not be God's will for my life. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, if you're going through a divorce, well, it's not God's will that you go through a divorce, that whatever happened, it happened. That's not God's will over your life. Like I've... Yes, this is what I've planned <laughs> yeah. and destined for you. Um, but God's will in that is, um, or God's will for my life in that is still deeper than that. It's still joy. Yeah. It's still healing. It's still provision. And that's the God's part. That's the God's will in the midst of all of that. But I can like, oh, this is too hard. And so now I'm going to medicate myself through other through promiscuity or through right. credit card debt or through whatever. And then now you've not yielded. You've not said, God, I'll let you hold my hand through this. It's almost you realizing failed. that God's will for your life is um, on a more grander scale. I think sometimes we get too detailed about it. You know, like we're like, oh, I took a left at that red light instead of a right. That must be God's will. And it's like, no, no. no. <laughs> you, chose, you just chose to go left. Um, but God's will in the moment for you is, is I think, what, you, what you're getting at. Yeah. God, so you have this big eternal God's will. Yeah. You have, and, and so we're always, the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. Mm -hmm. um, even when it goes bad. So I just had a, a thought that popped. Oh, 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 oh. Um, very clear scripture in the book of Peter. God is not willing that any should perish. Right. Yeah. 
God's will is that no one would perish and go to hell except right. what happens every day. People We're die people. and go to hell. Yeah. God's grand will, we still have a part to, we still have a part in that. His will is not forced on us. Right. And there's, it's not like we cannot escape his will. We still have a way to bail out of that. Which is right, the Peter conversation. Yeah. Hey, you're gonna you're gonna deny me three times before the rooster crows. And it's like, oh, now I have no choice. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> no, I this think he I did ended. still have yeah. a choice. Yeah. I think Judas still did have a choice. Uh, I wasn't but, saying this is going to happen, more so, hey, this could happen. Well, I think he was saying I always think about and and I, I don't necessarily have any theological proof of this, but I always think about Prophecy and, you, you know, God's prophecy as a being a little bit like Dr. Strange. <laughs> I believe God yeah, knows the know outcome. I, be, I believe God knows the outcome, but there's not only one singular yes. outcome. Yeah. Yeah. I believe God knows every possible outcome. Yeah. And so if I choose today, I could just outright determine, I'm going to go sin and blow up my whole life and blow up the whole church. Right. Well, I can go do that. And that was my choice. God didn't force me into it. It was my choice. Um, and I don't. I completely lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> I I know what you're. you're oh, what you oh, mean, but, but so like a prophecy. Um, there's a lot in there. Yeah, there's a lot. It's based on everybody's decisions, but God knows the ultimate outcome. So. Or, and, and so then you're not stuck. So if you, God tells you to do something, you do it, and then three weeks later it all blows up and you're like, what am I going to do now? God told me to do yeah. that. Right. Like, no, okay, it blew up, but God, he's not like panicked. Yeah. He knows every possible. If you want to serve God today or you don't want to serve God today, he has got it all Lined out. If you disciple your children or you don't disciple your children, he right. understands every possible outcome. I think a lot of it could be, um, I just heard from uh, a leader friend of mine that prophecies, especially in the Old Testament, but but even, you know, if we talk about Peter, right, it's very conditional. Like, if you do this, this will happen. If you don't do this, this will happen. That's how a lot of the prophecies were given. Like, right. you turn to God, blessings. You turn away from God, cursings. Um, and you know, I, I, I think that's ultimately the way that I view the will of God in my life. You know, if I submit myself to the will of God, if I yield myself to the will of God, you know, things will unfold the way that God wants them to unfold. But if I close myself off to the will of God, then everything that follows suit of that is not the will of God. The, those are things that God does not want for me. Granted, yeah. when I yield myself to the will of God, I will still have instances, things will still happen that may not be the will of God because I'm not the only one on this earth. <laughs> but you deal with it. Yeah. Um, the next, before we go into the next three, which is yield uh, earnestly in Revelation, I listened to a podcast last week, which I actually wanted to talk with with you about Travis before we run out of time. How much time do we have left? We got time, like fifteen that minutes. Not specific enough. <laughs> fifteen minutes plus some. Um, so thirty. Is so what I what I listened to on a podcast was um, 
podcasting is the new Sunday school? Give me your initial yeah, reaction to that statement. I think I think that could absolutely be true. Because um, wh- what was Sunday school, right? Aside from being a babysitter, um, the 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 point of it was to disciple. Um, if 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 a church had a strong Sunday school program, the the hope would be that you're discipling beyond just the Sunday sermon. So podcasting can absolutely fill that void if done correctly. And how are we doing on this podcast? Is it a Sunday school? <laughs> I, I so I, I kind of agree with that, and and I was glad that we started doing it ahead of time. There's not very many churches doing a behind the sermon no podcast like talking about it. Or, I, I think we're one of maybe three yeah. of what I've seen. If that, we might be the only one. I think that guy was doing it, which is why he talked about it. Yeah, um, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but the. Beyond, like, there are some churches that do a, like, uh, Allison Park Church. I know they do it. Yeah. Um, it's not a behind the sermon, but it's a hot topic. So every week they talk about a different hot topic. Yeah. It gives them a chance to do it um, outside of a Sunday morning. W- one of the things I think about as I think about our church in this podcast in the last year is, so it's not necessarily a, a Sunday school, but the one thing I think of is like a mentorship. Yeah. I'm getting... And I'm not on every week, but I'm getting the ability to mentor everybody listening little by little every single week. Who out? I mean, there's only a couple people who get an hour with me every single week. Um, uh, Pastor Jeremy, Pastor Steven, my wife, one of my kids. (laughs) (laughs) There's very few people that just get an hour to say, hey, could you help me with this? Could you give me your thoughts on this? But yet now in the podcast, I don't know how many people listen to this, two or 3,000. Um, they're getting a chance to listen to me. Why are you guys laughing? Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I agree with you. Two, 3,000. You're absolutely right. Uh, the metrics of this podcast should go into annual report. <laughs> Someone should tell Jeremy, though, for real, how many downloads or how many. Yeah. We can do that. I have all well, the stats. And I, I think you're spot on with that. I think... Uh, because this does a couple things. Because um, I, I just noticed even through this podcast, you know, you're saying things like, I don't know if the theology is sound here, but let me flesh out what I'm thinking. That's just you being real. How many pastors are that real with their church? And there's a lot that say they are, but there aren't a lot that will actually act that way. And so this podcast gives people a glimpse into Pastor Nate as not just our pastor, but as our leader, as another Christian in the faith, you know, that's, that is also navigating his walk with God. Um, and so I think, you know, I agree. I, I, I think it goes a little beyond Sunday school because the, the problem with Sunday school is, is it turned into a, you know, just a, uh, uh, a pattern. Yeah, it was just something that happened. Yeah, it's just like, okay, you know, we we have to go to Sunday school, we have to go to church. We have to go to Sunday school, we have to go to church. And podcasts, there's so many podcasts out there, people have to choose to listen to your podcast. And so if if people are wanting to connect with you in that way, I mean, you're right. They're getting an hour with their pastor, with their location pastor, with guest pastors, with with other people in the church, with other leaders. Um 
that they normally wouldn't. I will say from at least my perspective, I have a 45-minute drive one way. And the only thing that I do is I listen to music, which most of the time is worship music, and I listen to podcasts, which is either a sermon from another pastor at that week or— You listen to another pastor? I, I do. I, I do listen to multiple <laughs> pastors <laughs> um, or leadership <laughs> podcasts. <laughs> Um, there's only so much content that we have. Okay. Um, but the, the idea of it is like, for me, that's, that's how I receive during the week. I can't, I don't have time to go sit down at the end of the day and watch like another live stream. I don't have time to go and figure out like, oh, I'm going to see this. So it is discipleship. It is something that's valuable. And I'm glad that we have this to be able to share. And you can't, like you physically, as a pastor, can't meet with everyone in the church. No, as the church gets bigger, I actually have to meet with less and less people, which yeah. is which is a bizarre thing, which is a hard thing. But I have to give more of my time to less people. Well, you you have to give more of your time to the leaders that will be able to give more of their time to the church. Right. And and I think that's a part where the average church goer doesn't fully understand. Um, I was part of a church where the church people expected the pastor to meet with them. If I was ever asked to meet with them, they'd say, never mind. I, I want to meet with the pastor. And that was just the expectation. Where where this is almost that. Where hopefully if, if, if people really listen to this podcast, they— they, they can get kernels of truth. I got I got kernels of truth just from sitting here talking to you for, you know, the past 30 minutes. And so if they really want to listen to it and, and hear God's voice through it, this this podcast and other podcasts can absolutely disciple them in the same way that meeting with you on a weekly basis would do. Yeah. Yeah. It is a challenge. It is That part of it is a challenge, though, because it is hard to understand, right? I've been part of Dover for 30 Seven years. Wow. You don't look a day over 35. Oh, well, can I tell you guys a pretty cool story? <laughs> yeah, go for it. Last week, um, I had an interaction with a 20-year-old guy, and he <laughs> said to me, what college do you go to? No, he did not. 100%. 100%. So a 20-year-old thought I was his peer. And uh, it, was at the, it was at the boys' school. I said, oh, actually, I, I'm a parent. I've got... I've got kids here. That My go to kid is closer here. to your age than I am. And then oh, no. he's like, oh, how are your kids? I'm like, oh, one's 14. And he was like, then he was like really confused. He's like, <laughs> I wouldn't have guessed that you were over 27. Like, oh, my gosh. So, anyway. That felt good, I'm sure. It, um, I mean. I just, I like it. I think it's funny. Yeah. I am an old man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I am an old man. What I like, what what makes me feel good is when I think someone has got years on me and then I'm actually older than them. That's yeah. what just happened a few times. Like, I just think like, I maybe a li- feel a little bit awkward because maybe yeah. I think the person's like 10 50. years older than you. <laughs> Turns out they're 38. Or I'm turns like, out oh, you went I'm to the, college together. I'm the old man. <laughs> Graduated college at the same time or whatever. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, anyway, that's fine. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> that's my story from last week. Michelle didn't think it was cool. She, I, I, I think she just laughed. Why would they? <laughs> oh, I think my kid, my, my one of my kids was like, was that guy stupid? <laughs> you don't look like you're that young. <laughs> I mean, for real, look at you right now. Look at you. <laughs> you don't look like you're in college. <laughs> Spot on impersonation of uh, Benton. Benton. I was, was going to say, say Benton. Benton. <laughs> I was like, I, as soon as he started, I was like, this, that's, that's Benton. <laughs> but it wasn't really Benton. Hmm. Oh, anyway. Do, do you want to hit these last three real quick? Well, I I think we kind of touched on we, yield. yield. We touched we on got, yield. Yeah. So earnestly, that was the part where... As it got more intense, it said Jesus prayed more and more earnestly. Yeah. So he didn't, he wasn't laying off. He was digging in. Yeah. Um, the, when the pressure gets on to increase our fervency, which was part of our um, series. What was the title uh, uh, on, the, on the second coming? What was the title of that sermon series a couple of months ago? Oh, you're testing me. I'm only thinking of ones from eight years ago. Boy, that's bizarre. Um, yeah, it's out of my brain. You anyway, we talked about ago. that too. We were we were showing how everything's coming to an end. Like we're in the end times. Right. It's coming. Yeah. It's culminating. And so that's the time for the church to be more earnest in prayer. Yeah. And then the last was revelation, and that's just getting that that word from the Lord. Yeah. And and a lot of times we need that. We should be getting that from Scripture. Mm-hmm. So I can't do this anymore, but God, your word says. Yeah. And for me, that's in Galatians. Um. Man, I don't know. I can't remember anything today. The only thing I remember is faint not, which is what I quote all the time. It's only the King James Version, but for whatever reason. For in due season, you will reap, reap if you faint not. There's something before that, but yeah. yeah I think uh, the the idea of revelation, you know, sometimes that revelation is going to be a great thing. And sometimes it's going to be a very hard thing. Um, I mean, you look at the book of Revelation, right? Like there are aspects of it that are just absolutely mind-blowing. You're like, oh man, new heavens, new earth. That's awesome. But then there's aspects of it where you're like, excuse me, what? Um, This is going to happen? Wait, no thank you. But they're both revelations. And they're honestly both good for the believer. One's just a little harder to swallow than the other. Mm-hmm. So that's prayer. Prayer through difficult times. Prayer in the garden. Um, any books that you recommend? I think we've recommended we've this re- early in the year, but Tortured for Christ by Richard Warren mm. Brand. Yes. Um, certainly that one. Probably most autobiographies from missionaries Yep. are going to be it's the same thing. Who are people who endured or the people who didn't give give up um it's not a book it's a movie 
about the the unbroken. Unbroken. Um, did he write a book? That is a book as well. I believe. There's a book unbroken. Yeah. yeah. But it's not written by him. It's written by the author of Sea Biscuit. Really? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but it, she, what she did was interviewed him and then yeah. wrote the book. Yeah. I mean, there's 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 so many stories that we have of Christians and non-Christians alike that have persevered. And I think it's okay sometimes to even look at a non-Christian's life. And sometimes it might be even just as important to look at a non-Christian's life and look at, you know, they don't have God. How are they persevering? You know, we, we have him. We have the hope of Christ. You know, we should be able to persevere even more. And so I think if you can find courage, like even in a non-Christian story of perseverance, Take courage. Right. Yeah. That's good. All right, guys. Well, Travis, thanks for being here. Charlotte, thanks for being here. <laughs> Thank uh, you for your time. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you guys next time I just randomly walk into the Dover. How do you preach next in Dover? Do you have that memorized? I know it's scheduled. I have no idea. It's scheduled. Somewhere on the calendar, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, also, this weekend... Bethlehem Workday. Ooh, yeah. Bethlehem Workday on Saturday. And there's another one on the 4th, two Saturdays in a row. So a lot of painting uh, is going to be happening for sure. And then lots of other stuff set up and garbage. So it doesn't matter if you've got a three-year-old that can uh, dump out (laughs) about 300 gallons of expired orange juice. Have them come because that's sitting there in the basement. I was just going to ask. <laughs> that's there. So you, no matter what your, no matter what your level. For, for those of you that have started coming at a different location or, or even at Dover, you, even if you've been part of restoration for a while, this is a great opportunity for you to see what happens when restoration, you know, is able to take on a church in another location and the transformation that, that that church building takes, but also that church body. Yeah. Uh, and so I would encourage you, you know, I I won't be there, um, but I would encourage you if, you, if you're able to, um, be there and check it out because you'll be blown away at the end product when you see the before. Yeah. There's 40 people coming. Oh, wow. Uh, actually, 43 now. So it's going to be a fun day. That's going to be a great day. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Can't wait. All right, guys. Bye. See you around.